All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thank you so much for joining us. This is WCWF, Wrestling Chat with Friends. I am your favorite heel in heels, Megan Rickman Blackwood, and I am joined, as always, with Cheats and Ty. How are you guys doing this week? Hey. Fantastic. How you doing today, Megan? Megan, we're doing... Okay. Megan, we're doing great. We're doing great. And uh, as Ty knows, and Megan, you know as well, I'm excited to say that this is one of the first first podcasts that will be on the Cheats Movement Podcast Network. Deal is done. Ty is on board. Megan is ready to host this thing. Let's get it going. Absolutely. So huge shout out to the new platform. Um, definitely look soon. There's going to be stuff coming and you guys are going to have a lot more stuff to listen to. Um, but tonight we're going to talk wrestling. So uh, AEW is coming on tonight. You guys have already had a uh, Monday night raw for our WWE friends. What is the biggest story in wrestling this week? Cheats two belts. Take it away. Ooh, the biggest story in wrestling this week. That one, I I don't, don't really know, only because they're doing so many different things right now and they're trying to set up so many different things. Um, so we're in a little bit of a transition after uh, WWE had their Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Then they followed that up on Raw with uh, Big E, and Lashley, and then it was the draft. So the WWE draft really doesn't matter as much now, simply because it doesn't take place till after the Saudi show. And I don't know why they did that. Um, AEW obviously came off a of Grand Slam. They're setting up new things. They're setting up new rivalries and new clicks. So I'm going to give a quick, quick curveball and say the biggest thing in wrestling right now is that little clip I sent you about GCW, the indie, John Moxley, Nick Gage, blood feud, blood match in Atlantic City this Saturday. And GCW is now starting to become that, that indie that could. Uh, John Moxley is, is coming down from the AEW, and he holds the belt in GCW. But he's coming down to take on uh, Nick Gage, who's like, you know, the modern day Abdullah the Butcher, if you will. And so right now, this week, if you're talking all of wrestling, I think a lot of diehard indie wrestling fans are going to be locked into that Atlantic City GCW show. Absolutely. I completely agree. And uh, the promo you sent was amazing. Um if we if this like is living somewhere, maybe we can post it um in the chat. Cause like I think being able to see two guys who just genuinely love this and like who are willing to like give their literal blood, sweat, and tears for us to have a really good match on Saturday. I'm super pumped about it. I'm a huge Moxley fan. So beautiful. And the promo for it. Oh, I was so messed up. It's so good. Watch it. It's going to be like down in the, the comments. It's Ty, a, watching this week. What are you looking for? What's got you excited? I think the biggest thing that's gotten me excited, so it's the G1 Climax for New Japan. I'm always a fan of, big fan of that. Uh, I really want to see 
who is going to step up to Christian and impact? Because mm. I believe they're trying to set up. Um, well, I'm not. I'm not sure what they're trying to set up. Actually, they haven't really set up anybody for um, the fight. The face face them yet. They're doing this whole uh, Christopher Daniels thing coming back to impact wrestling for the first time in I think seven or ten years. Uh, going back to his fallen angel gimmick, I believe, and Ace with and Ace Austin is somehow in there as well. Uh, it's. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. I, I like I like the smaller the smaller stories, the smaller um, the wrestling companies that could. Absolutely, and I love that both of you guys brought up um, two companies that aren't super mainstream. Well, Impact's a little bit more now, but um, that's one of the cool things that I think AEW is doing is uh, WWE for so long restricted their stars. So, like you, if you did WWE, that was it. Um, and the fact that Tony Khan is allowing these guys to go out and do these like really crazy matches on these crazy indie uh cards is is just beautiful to me you know uh eddie with eddie kingston was supposed to do a show in new york and he was like a little tweaked from the um from the dynamite they had done there and so moxley just showed up and like it was this tiny little because i guess eddie had booked it prior to like really knowing he was with AEW. so is that like a gym like it was not a cool big show at all. And Moxley just showed up and, and wrecked house, which is amazing. Um, I'm going to be the mainstream mark this week. I'm really looking forward to seeing who comes out on that Joker spot um, tonight mm. for the Battle Royale. So I think we already have like some really interesting um, entrants. I think Orange Cassidy and um, Matt Hardy, like, I think that's a, I don't know. I think it's like an okay story, but I'm kind of ready for it to be over. Like Jack Evans got his hair cut. Me too. Like I, li- I did like that ending. I like that ending of the uh, of that match and 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 having uh, the Dark Order, especially in uh, there in Rochester, right? The yeah. fact that mm-hmm. the, they were so prominent with uh, with the Dark Order, um, really being kind of the face of that show in honor of Brody Lee. I love that that at the end they had the Dark Order kind of seal the wall there and uh, Hardy family business, uh, you know, kind of at the top of the ramp. I just love the way that they did that. I thought that was really well done. I thought um, the way that AEW really bought bought in the Dark Order negative, was it negative one, negative zero, negative one? Um, and, negative one. <laughs> yeah, and really made it... Um, you know, continuing that legacy of Brody Lee was was really really exciting. Um, one thing I'll mention too, and and um, Ty, you, you jump in here too. I'll be interested to see if AEW continues to keep those doors open the the more they grow, because right now I think it really makes them special and it makes them. But it's this whole thing where it's like everybody we can against wwe well what i think we're starting to find out is aew is not they're real competitors with wwe it's not just like the little engine that could anymore and the more that they get i think into the place where they are just the clear-cut undisputed contender how, like how much will they start to protect their talent from doing all of the forbidden door stuff that they're doing 
or do they just keep it going and just blast the whole thing open? Pants and red shoes. I mean, uh, I'm, Ty, I'm interested in your take on this, but something like for me, and even like tying back to what you said, Ty, about what you're interested in this week, like I think something that's really smart with Tony, and I don't know where his money lies, right? So he may be invested in some of this stuff, but like he is, whether monetarily or just emotionally, very invested in impact picking up right now. He brings their guys over. They have their title on our show. Our guys go over there with our title. Um, I I don't know what his investment is there. I want to believe, because I'm a mark, that he just really loves wrestling. And, like, the same thing with New Japan. Like, he's just welcoming and opening these other doors and, and adding the excitement just from like AEW, like you bring that to the other programs too. And we're introducing people to the people they've never seen before that are in like mainstream American wrestling. Um, so I don't know, Ty, what are your thoughts? Do you think the forbidden door stays open or will Tony Khan close it eventually? I would say that with, with this, I think they were, that we're heading into a space that we haven't seen since the, since the territories. Um, because we say Impact, we say New Japan, even NWA is really, is getting into this. They have NWA Women's Champion on, um, on Rampage, on uh, Dynamite, on the entire show for a long time. Thunder Rosa just jumped ship from NWA to um, AEW with no hard feelings really between them. Uh, so in saying that, I think it's going to get, it's going to blow it wider open. It's, I think we're going to be seeing a whole lot more than this. Uh, at first, it was, I remember they said only a few people could do it, like the Jerichos, the Kenny Omegas, uh, Cody to a smaller degree. But um, Cody is terrible. But um, I would say that it's going to be Stop. even bigger. Stop. Even bigger. All right. So, um, as the as the dog barks, I think we'll 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 use that as a signal um, that we should move on to our next topic tonight. Um, so, big thing I uh, want to talk about, and I'm glad we just uh, went through that entire segment about the different promotions. Is um, I want to know what y'all's thoughts are on like what AEW needs to do to, in your opinion, be like as big as WWE or, or what do we do? When do we say like that the, the playing field is level or that they've surpassed them? So if we're looking at demo numbers, um, they are constantly outranking them uh, on Wednesday nights. Uh, they're selling tickets faster. They're selling out arenas faster and getting more, more people in seats for the shows. So what metric are we using to decide like, they've surpassed WWE or at the very least, like they are solidly on their same playing field. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't, WWE is too big to fail that right at, right at this point right now. And they don't care about, yeah, they don't, they don't really care about, um, I guess demographics and stuff like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel that is more how many, how many uh, actual business deals, how many exclusive, hey, Fox is going to buy this network. I mean, going to buy this stuff from us. USA is going to have this. It's going to be on some other streaming service. I think that's what they care about right now. 
that it's you know that exclusive streaming money so so i think there is a way there's never say never i think there's a way that AEW really rivals WWE. I don't think WWE ever goes anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think WWE as a product, as a business, as a global kind of corporation, as of right now, is too really ingrained to go away. So they're not going to go away ever right now, especially in, the, in our lifetime. What I think could happen and what AEW can do to be a legitimate alternative. Um, They're already a competitor, but to be a legitimate rival in which, you know, people are are endeared to AEW like they're endeared to WWE. They're doing all the right things now. Let's just be clear. They haven't missed right now. They're doing everything they can to be, the professional wrestling fan-friendly alternative. What they will have to start doing is, one, make some really, really, really big megastars of their own. They're going to have to generate some really mega, mega, mega stars. And they've got big stars. CM Punk is a huge star. Like, CM Punk makes people that don't pay attention to wrestling be like, oh, they got him. Daniel Bryant is a huge star. But you got to think, those are WWE-created stars at this point. I'm talking about, like, beyond people that are really into wrestling in the Indies. So I think AEW has to do two things. They have to create homegrown mega stars, And I think they also have to do certain things that will endear younger, younger fans. Because right now we talk about the demos and all that stuff, but the demos that people are looking at are like 18 to 37. You know what I mean? They're not six and seven-year-olds. They're not 10-year-olds. And the product that AEW produces right now is not for those younger ages. They're for us. (laughs) They're for the wrestling fan that knew what WCW was and that knew what NWA is and follows the indies. But what they are going to, in order for them a generation from now is they're going to have to create their own stone colds, their own rocks, their own Hogan's and have little kids going around quoting what, you know, they're doing. And the good part is, and and we, maybe we'll talk about this if we have time. Um, it, it's the things that they do outside of wrestling. So for example, they debuted roads to the top, right? The reality show with, Cody and Brandy talking about the behind the scenes. They're going to have to have they're going to have to have like celebrity people. They're going to have to have AEW stars doing movies on Netflix. The New Day on Friday I think is debuting uh, a Halloween movie that's like Escape from the Undertaker. As cheesy as those things sound for hardcore wrestling fans, my seven-year-old is going to watch the New Day's movie on Netflix. And those are the things that AEW are going to have to start doing in the long term. And the good, the best part about this is I don't think they need to do that for two, three, five years. I just think they need to keep doing what they're doing with the wrestling product. I love, uh, I love Roads to the Top for so many different reasons. But if they start really enduring fans um, outside of the actual squared circle work, um, I think it's going to be uh, amazing. Let me do this. 
let me do this really quick because our friend is here. Yes. And uh, I'm going to unmute our friend and uh, introduce one of my favorite MCs. First and foremost, he's one of my favorite MCs, but he's also <laughs> a diehard, diehard wrestling fan. When we were doing wrestling idea concepts on social media, he wanted to be plugged in. Uh, a lot of reference wrestling references um, in the whole kind of aesthetic that is fucking dope. So without further ado, one of my favorite MCs, one of my favorite wrestling officiados, welcome to the show, fucking dope. Hey, what's happening, everybody? <laughs> I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Uh, Megan, Megan is our host. She's gonna take it away, but uh, we'll chime in, man. Welcome to the program, bro. Thank you, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This is really cool. We're super excited to have you. Uh, welcome to WCWF Wrestling Chat with Friends. Um, so I love it. Have you? Um, so fucking is it is it Doe or fucking Doe? Is it Mr. Doe? Well, what should I? Uh Doe is cool. Doe is, is cool. You can just call me Doe. Doe. So um The fucking really comes from like people like pointing the finger at me. You know? You, you can pick whichever finger you want, you know, but that's it's a a term of endearment. It, it, they, all right. So um, one of the things that I always find to be really interesting when I'm meeting new friends that are into wrestling is um, first off hearing like how they got into it. And then um, if you can tell us who your current favorite star is in across promotions, it doesn't matter which one they're on. OK, uh, I am. I can go back to my first memory of wrestling, which was my brother introducing the King of the Ring, 1992, maybe 92, to me. And I was like five. We used to have tape. We, he had everything taped. My brother taped every single pay-per-view, everything from WCW and NWA. And WWF had just started really getting into the tapes about 92. So, like, he had all the tapes. So, like, I remember being, like, four or five years old. And the big thing was, like, this guy, Ric Flair. And he goes, I'm like, oh, he looks like a jerk. You know, like, he got this big robe. He's really loud. I don't like him. And then I realized, like, everybody, like, that's the whole thing. Nobody likes him. And he goes through the Royal Rumble and wins the entire thing. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is, like, I didn't want him to win. And he did. Like, and that little part of me was like, oh, I like this. Let me watch some more. So, like, I used to just scour through all of my brother's tapes and just watch everything until I got to the point where I felt like I was caught up with the current product. And that was probably, a like, at, like, beginning of the Attitude Era. Mm -hmm. So... Time to come in. Yeah, yeah. It was a great time to come in. And that was my first memory. My current favorite wrestler right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, there's so many. I don't know how to... Uh, let's see. Who's favorite wrestler? I have my favorite gimmick, and I have my favorite wrestler. We'll take both. Huh? My favorite gimmick 
for sure is Roman Reigns, uh, the Tribal Tri- Chief. Tribal That's, Chief Roman Reigns. Yes. <laughs> I love that gimmick. That is the greatest gimmick I've seen in the last five years. Uh, my favorite wrestler, Adam Cole. It's Adam Cole. Everything he does in the ring is just interesting. Ooh. He He's the greatest storyteller I've seen in wrestling since uh, CM Punk when we were like, Really hip to CM Punk in ring wrestling. There's no other wrestler I can say that can go bell to bell in any type of scenery, any type of match that will keep you invested in the match as a wrestler than Adam Cole. I'll definitely say for Adam Cole, um, he came into WWE after I was already out of WWE and not watching. Oh. Um, so I didn't really know who he was other than like some BTE stuff I'd seen when I went back and watched. Uh-huh. And like he's won me over in like three weeks. I'm like, oh, Adam Cole. Point, <laughs> and I sometimes I feel myself, and my knees don't hurt. I get down in the low thing. Um, <laughs> um, so two points. One, uh, five year old you has an amazing like judge of character because Ric Flair is an asshole, and I just wanted to say that for the record. Yeah. <laughs> Um, two, so you're a rapper, you're, you're an MC. So who, and this is a question for everybody. I want everybody to jump in on this. Who is like, and I might offend y'all cause I'm going to say who my favorite is. Like, who's the hove of cutting a promo? Like who's got the, the best mouth in the game right now? I'm going to start Today? with Tell me. Hmm. Who'd you say? Hmm. Everybody's pun. Uh, yeah, I was no, I was, default, I was defaulting. Who's the best yeah, on the mic? That's, that's I'm so defaulting. But who's the best on the mic right now? Right now. Let Let Ty go first. You, y'all, y'all would do that to me. Let Ty y'all go. First. Do that to me. Like Ty, don't don't go last. <laughs> let Ty go first. And Megan, did you give an answer? Oh, I haven't yet. But I'll go. Okay, first. okay, okay. Um, for now, me. Okay, you go first. Okay, so I have my, like, the goat for me is gotta be Moxley. Like, nobody cuts a promo like Moxley. I believe him. I know, like, I'm like, oh, this is happening. My favorite yeah. though is Ricky Stark. Ricky Starks cuts a promo. Like, mm, I, ain't seen, I ain't seen natural talent like that since uh, The Rock. So I'm gonna keep advocating for Ricky Starks every episode. <laughs> every episode. It's a Ricky Starks reference every episode. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is. I, I've got I've got two, and they're both they're Mike folks. They cannot run, they can't go as well as they can talk. So I'm going to say that now. But in the in the vein of AEW, King, Kingston is amazing on the mic. Kingston makes you think yes. that he's actually a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's I mean he can go. Don't get me wrong, but Kingston's not going to do the moves that you need Kingston to do. Um, however, on the mic promo, when he was doing his buildup with Moxley and the promos were like, we're going back to the indie days and John, you betrayed the, the betrayed the profession and you don't, you know, you're in big time jets and big corporations. You left all us little guys behind. That's amazing. That was amazing mic work. I believe that that, that match was going to be special. Um, on the WWE side is the same vein. He can't go like he he used to. But MVP, 
mm. has made he's his whole comeback, the whole hurt business, and Bobby Lashley is because MVP is good on the mic. Yeah, it has absolutely nothing to do with his wrestling ability. He'll get in there and mix it up, but MVP was a godsend for all of the hurt business and Bobby Lashley. Eddie Kingston's promos on AEW side have been flat out amazing. So those are the two right now. And if you ask me who's the absolute best on the mic, I'm going to give it to those two guys. All right. Ty, who you got? All right. So does it have to be a wrestler per se? No. Manager. Open it up. Bring it in. I will have to say that his name is Paul Heyman. There is no uh, one that can true. hype up a match uh, who can give the best of both of the opponent and his whoever is advocating at the moment than Paul Heyman. He almost got Michael McGillicuddy over. Hmm? That's true. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so I will have to say Paulie Dangerously however you want to call him, he is going to be the best on the mic, on, I guess on a WWE side overall. But until someone takes this golden pipe bomb from him, it's CM Punk. Oh, see, okay. I'm, I'm going to let Doe go. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think Punk on the mic in his return, his, obviously Chicago debut notwithstanding, sans Chicago debut because everything about that was perfect. But since yeah. then, on the mic, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna roll with Punk as the top guy. Also, really quick, too, and like I said, I'll let Joe answer. Uh, we can't disrespect the women because, uh, and that's where I was gonna go. Yeah. Okay. Go. You go then, and then I'll, I'll follow. I feel so bad. I can't believe I so, forgot. Go ahead. Me, my favorite person right now, cutting promos in the E. Other than whatever Roman's doing, it's not. It doesn't have to be promos, but Charlotte Flair mm. has made everything she's done promo wise, mic work, believable. She fights the same seven people every time. Every time, and when she's on that mic, it feels like a different feeling. Once mm. she gets to talking about whatever whatever pay per view she's on, it's an entirely different feeling. She can resell. The same thing. She is a human microwave. Whatever match you want to put, she can microwave it up with that mic, and then it's it's hot again. I've watched her fight Alexa Bliss. I've watched her fight Bianca. I've watched her fight Sasha tons of times. But if she talks about it, it just gives me a different feeling immediately every time. The same thing she did with Nia. She kind of gave Nia a resurgence. I didn't care what Nia was doing until that happened and then she got on the mic and said no I want to do it again for the title and then it was it was a whole different match but that's just my my WWE person right now uh and on in AEW oh man there's so many to pick from but I think I think you 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 took mine with Kingston Kingston so was so good Kingston is so good and Kingston's always been so good on the mic I think he's been that way. Like, he really can make you, as a wrestling fan, feel it. Because you know he can't do all the flips and kicks. Huh. But but he's going to make you feel like, oh, he's going to kick that guy's ass. 
<laughs> you know, like he, he makes it. He makes you think that it's gonna be a competitive fight. Yeah, like he's like, I'm just gonna street roll this guy. And you're like, yeah, he is. He's New York <laughs> City, right there. Yeah, yeah. He's essentially like the Brooklyn brawler with CM Punk's like mindset. Like he's really like he can go. He can it. make any match sound like a brawl. Like he's gonna wear and tear. I was invested in that match with him and Miro. That first, yeah. like, for that starting the card, once I seen the, the story to it, I said, oh, no, this is the match here. If if I'm going to, like, this is how you spark it. You spark it with the guy that you know is going to come kick some ass. That's all he was talking about. Once he said, uh, what was it? Uh, Revenge these nuts or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Redeem that these nuts. Yeah, that was like, it. He is not. I was sold and, immediately. And you knew new way. And everybody knew going into same thing. And we nobody everybody knew he won't go win that fight. Everybody knew he was exactly. gonna lose. But I was like, let's go, Eddie Kingston. Let's, let's, let's go. See what right? you're gonna do. He told Man. us, hey, I got five moves that I can do. <laughs> and these five moves are, are gonna fuck you. I'm sorry. Right. I'm cursing too much. But <laughs> these five moves are gonna do enough to where I'm gonna make this crowd hot. And that's all he needed to say. And immediately, once they sparked it, I said, oh, yeah, this is they're going to spark the crowd. The crowd's going to be hot off this. And they were. Who do you got, Megan? Oh, well, you know, I already, well, we all already kind of said old head. So I'm going to switch it up. Like, who's the young gun on the mic that you think is just going to, like, beast? I'm going to go super heel. I'm sorry. Oh, MJF. MJF's great. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, I knew you were going on that. <laughs> he's so severe. Yeah. MJF is good. I like what Keith Lee's gonna do. I think I'm so I'm excited for what Keith Lee's about to do. Especially about, on the mic. About to do. About to do. Yeah. Because that's the key. That's the key about with Keith. That's the key with Keith Lee. I think that they really didn't build his creative. And didn't play to his strengths until now. This Bearcat Keith Lee actually has a shot to be something. Yeah. Really something. Um, and without me going, I do want to say two things going back really quickly. Because no, there's no woman wrestler in AEW hotter than Brett Baker. And the reason she she's a she's a good worker in the ring, but her mic work and the stuff she's done with her team. And, yes. and it, it is, it is. Brett Baker has been a phenomenal. MGF is as a young gun phenomenal. Brett Baker could be younger, a younger phenomenon as well. And then um, I don't know if they're going to lean into this. They're starting to lean into this, but the Conor McGregor Becky Lynch, that one, yeah, that wears the fur coat and yeah, like because Con- Becky Lynch has always talked trash. She's a better talker than she is wrestler. Let's be honest. Yes. Yeah. But if she leans into that Conor McGregor, you know, lean into the accent, wear the fur coats, yeah. that, 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 which she's starting to do against Bianca a little bit now, um, I think they might have something, something even better than they think they can have. Because those two things, so DMD, Lynch, I love Megan, the MGF call as well, because MGF really makes you hate him. He is, he is Ric Flair. Of 2021. So good. Ty, who you got, young gunner? So okay. So she's a terrible person. It's a, it's a it's a girl. She's a terrible person, and she's not working right now. 
but she's gold on the mic. Tessa Blanchard oh. is very, very, very good on the mic. She can she make is. you believe that she can beat she can beat a dude's butt. Like, yeah, she is good. She's a terrible person. I want yeah, to emphasize. I was just that. about to ask, do you think she's person. going to Japan? No. No. To not even to Japan, no. Nah, everything I've been reading, they've been saying she's like, like nobody wants to work with her. She's too complicated. Nope. Yeah, I know NWA just turned her down. And yeah. So she can't go. So this is Tully Blanchard's daughter. Yeah. And we can't, and and they can't get her in AEW? AEW doesn't want her. WWE doesn't want her. Impact doesn't want her back. Impact definitely doesn't want her back. Right. (laughs) Right. Like, everybody admits she can go, but, like, I mean, you can't bring but so much toxicity into your... I don't even think she goes back to WoW. Mm. Yeah, or Shimmer. I don't think I don't think Noah or New Japan is going to take her. Which brings up the question that we don't have to talk about today, but are women wrestlers held to a different standard in their out-of-the-ring or even behind-the-scenes uh, shenanigans than the men are because same kind of thing with Ivelisse like she's she was difficult she I mean I think Ivelisse can go I love like the Ivelisse Diamante team like uh-huh. right AEW first kicked off Ivelisse can go but like she runs her mouth and she runs her mouth on Twitter and tags Tony Khan so she lost her job but do you guys think that there is less grace um given to the women performers than they are for the men who traditionally not like typecasting you guys, but have definitely been up to some shenanigans. So. I can answer that. Actually. I can answer that really quick. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, Ty. I would say that they aren't held to that same standard or they're not held to a standard as much as the guys are because people just started caring about women wrestling. Mm. Once they start caring more, like I love women wrestling. I love Shimmer. I was on the Io Shirai and and Hikashida, like for years. They can go when when they actually let them go. Um, but I think women can say a lot more than men because they're not going to be looked at. They're, they're, women's wrestling is still looked down on for a lot. It, there's still toilet breaks because you only have eight. You only have WWE. Yeah. To look at, and not you don't have a lot of great women matches because they are they're still short. Uh, yeah, they're could, they're bigger. I than couldn't dis- I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> no, I couldn't disagree more. I think there's absolutely a double standard. I think there it's much much harder, and I think the yeah. reason I think the reason is because what Ty says, mm-hmm. women are way more expendable in the business. They're mm-hmm. way more, we'll get another one of you. Congratulations, you might be hot on the block or bubbling, but we don't have enough space on our network TV time for women's wrestling to make it so that you can get away with doing the stuff that half the guys can get away with. Because, again, you have to be at least a superstar or a big star or a really, really budding star um, for the men to get away with certain aspects, right? They're, they're, you know, as, as whatever you think of people like Velveteen Dream, a lot of people don't know who Velveteen Dream is. So he can, he's expendable in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think women on the cards are much, because there's just less time for them. That means there's less personnel for them. 
And that means we have more uh, opportunities to get more people in. Right now, between NXT um, and kind of what's happening in the indie, there are more women wrestlers than there are slots for in the business. So You're absolutely right. So what's going to happen in that sense is you've got people like Amber Moon getting jobbed on NXT, and who's extremely talented, right? Extremely Um, talented. You've got people like Big Swole that can't get airtime. So it's like, I think... And she's good on the mic, too. It's amazing. But I think it's harder for women. I think it's much harder for women wrestlers because there's just less space for them. There's less air. So the first thing you do that turns somebody off... That's um, it. Unless you're Sasha Banks, who can do whatever the hell she wants. <laughs> yeah, Sasha Banks. Um, <laughs> unless you're Sasha Banks, you're, you're, it, it's, it's going to be curtains for you. They're going to make another one. I can't I can't get with that because you have, still have people like Sexy Star, who had to be on national nobody, TV nobody working stiff. That but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but she. But the thing is, she'll stay, she'll stay on a roster. She had to do something egregious for her to get kicked off the roster. Uh, Tessa Blanchard had to just up and leave for her to get kicked off the roster. Like and she was the champ, and, yeah. and she was yeah. the and she was the heavyweight champ. She was the men's. She was the heavyweight champion. Period. And I would uh, tell you, yeah. I would argue that seventy five percent of casual, eighty percent of casual wrestling fans don't even know who Tessa Blanchard is. Hard to I would say. I would say. Tied. I would say that. Tie to goat because I know you're 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 like hardcore WWE guy sometimes. Um, let's we can take it back. I mean, Paige. Uh, yeah. Paige yeah. There were women that were like red hot. Paige had a mm-hmm. movie about her, and it wasn't just mm-hmm. her sat her down. It was her like super complicated and public relationship with what's the guy? He's from Mexico. He's really Alberto Alberto Del Rio. Mm, yeah. yeah. Del Rio. Like that whole time that that came out, they kicked her off of Divas. Like, cause I was hard on WWE then. They kicked her off of Divas. They didn't let her uh-huh. have platform anymore because they were uncomfortable with who her partner was. And because they were doing the reality show and the partner's such a big part of it. Like same thing with AJ Lee. AJ Lee started talking back about the conditions and stuff. And she, I mean, they both were out on injuries, but like, uh-huh. I would say that with AJ is more of who she was with because CM Punk is persona non grata in WWE. And also with Alberto Del Rio, Patron, whatever else you want to call him, he's a lunatic. Nobody's going to, I, and I think with that page was the stuff that happened with page is horrible. Same thing happened with uh, Tony storm. Same thing happened with Charlotte. None of them, I mean, they should be punished for that. Nothing. But when people like, like John Maddox was, was booted out for that, for what happened, those leaked um, stuff. Mm. Yeah. Uh, explicit and inappropriate videos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was, he was kicked out for that. Paige was big enough that she was safe from that. And it was, and she was a victim of that. Mm-hmm. So what these people are getting kicked out for is for their, who they're with, not them. That's what I'm saying. Mm. You have to still do something egregious. You have to do something big if you're a woman to get kicked out because they don't. The big, the the big factory that is WWE and and AEW, even to extent, they they don't, they just don't see it as much as NWA sees it. NWA, one person does something bad, they 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 out, they're out. Marty Scroll, 
is mm. a perfect example. Well, nah, that was really bad what Marty Scroll was doing. It was just something really bad. <laughs> so strong that it still determines your career when you mess up because it's the man. But yeah, no, all I was, I was saying, you, you were definitely making their point when you were saying because these are little, these are instances that are just like you kind of got to give a little bit of leeway. You can't really like punish me for my partner. You know, like, and and that's not kind of how it went, you know? And it's, it wouldn't be the other way. Like, uh, Brock never got punished for, for, for Deborah, you know? Like, and Deborah was definitely hard to work with. She had been in the business for so long, you know? Like, Brock never got anything for that, you know? Like, Stone Cold, there was, there's, there's it's, it's, a, it's a different thing when it comes to the women sometimes. Like, some of the women, uh, the things that they say, uh, I think, gets accepted more. So it's easy to to cast that one time where they say something that's wrong, and it's like, hey, that's not what you're supposed to be saying. So women are women; they're gonna lash. They, they, especially in this in this generation of the new wrestlers, because there's social media around. They they want everything to work, you know, to work mm-hmm. the right way, and and that doesn't always happen in big corporations. So, you know, women are going to lash, and I think they should be at least brought more into the realm of what's going on instead of just like outcast immediately. I, I think like, it's, I think it's tough, I, and, and I think in theory those things are. Um, in some ways, the way it's supposed to be, I don't think that's a reality. I think what reality is, like I said, is you only have so many hours of uh, network TV. You only yeah. have so many hours of pay-per-views. You only have so many hours of the time where you're going to dedicate it to women's wrestling. Even with, um, you know, certain things like WWE putting uh, a women's bout at the main, main, main event of WrestleMania. Well, how many other women's matches were on? So you got the main card, mm-hmm. the headliners, and then you know you don't have very many other women wrestlers. So with the with so less space, it just by default makes women wrestlers more expendable. And so yes, we're talking about the we're talking about Paige, AJ Lee. Those are head. Those are champions. You know yeah, what I mean? They're the, they're the top of the ticket. Have Tamina or somebody. <laughs> Go ahead ahead and pop. But here's the thing. I think the women in the industry see the industry changing. I think they fully Uh understand what the landscape is. One of the things um, I know we mentioned this earlier, or I mentioned it earlier. One of the things that I thought was really impressive about watching road to the top after the AEW show was the role that Brandy Rose plays within the company. So all I've heard up until this point was how much Cody is ma- is a major like person now. And what mm-hmm. I didn't realize was that they basically gave the whole women's division to Brandy Rhodes. And it's Brandy's responsibility to groom the Red Velvets and the Jane Cargill- Cargills of the world and to make sure that the women's division is lighted right and promoted right. And so the fact that I you see that, for probably the first time in a reality TV slot. I never, you know, there's never been 
a um, Ms. and Mrs. or a Total Diva episode where they were really talking about, oh, you're a the black business. woman. Right, you're a black woman. Your lighting is going to be different when you cut this promo. Mm-hmm. That's what we got a little bit of on Rose to the Top. And it was really impressive to see, to see Brandy Rose being able to play that role and, and, and really being an executive. I had no idea that she was so plugged into the women's division as an executive. And that was actually something I think the more we see women's wrestling move into recognition and the more we see women's wrestling play a part in all of these uh, kind of major networks, uh, I, think, I think you'll see that change a little bit. But uh, right now, and I still think it's a, it, you know, it's a man, man dominant, it's a male-dominated game with male-dominated owners and male-dominated creative, um, and it is going to be difficult for, uh, I think, women wrestlers to get the same treatment. Any well, on the show? Right. Well, I don't know, because then are we, like, like, moving them apart? I don't know. But I appreciate all of you men being here and willing to have that conversation, advocating for women wrestlers. We will move on, though, because if you let me talk about women's rights and wrestling, we will be here the whole day. (laughs) (laughs) Dynamite. Um, Cheats, what are we looking like on time? We have one more. You can, we got one more closing segment and we uh, let's, let's, let's hit it with a really big one, Megan. Let's hit it with a big closing segment. You read my mind, my closing segment and my closing All of you people is speaking of hitting them with it. What do, all right. First off, Fucking Doe, are you down like the GCW? Are you like in for the John Moxley, Nick Gates death match happening on Saturday? No, I, I heard of rumblings of it, but I didn't know that that was really going to happen. First off, go watch the promo. It's amazing. It's happening on the 16th. It's being billed as like the death match to end all death matches. Like they had McFoley come out and talk about it. Like we are expecting oh, it. So, what are you, what is the craziest thing you want to see them use from one another in the death match? Oh man, that's so cool. I want to see a mouse trap. <laughs> that's such mm. a Moxley. It feels like such a Moxley move. Yeah, like I want to see John Moxley really put Nick Gage fingers in mouse like in mouse traps so that he can't hit him. You can't hit me if all your fingers have been tapped in mouse traps. Like no, that would be. Who was it? Was it Kenny that made the board with all the mouse traps on it? It was either Kenny yeah. or I don't remember who pulled it out, but it was brilliant. <laughs> Can I piggyback on that question since we have Doe here? And he already talked about his historic going back to 1992 videotapes. Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite wrestler that you like to see in a hardcore match? So who's your favorite hardcore match mm-hmm. wrestler? My favorite hardcore wrestler or the, the person I like to see in hardcore matches? Uh, either one, but I like the latter. The, the, the wrestler you like to see in hardcore matches. Oh, for sure, Raven. Oh. Raven is, the to me, the epitome of, of like, hardcore wrestling. But um, the person I like to see in hardcore matches the most is Jericho. Because we all know Jericho's a wrestler's wrestler, so every time it's a, any type of hardcore match, 
if you ever go look at any of Jericho's matches where they're like no disqualification or like anything to that nature, Jericho makes you believe that this is going to be a crazy match. And he's a wrestler. You've never, you know, you never think of Jericho to be the guy to do hardcore matches because he's always like wrestling. But if you look at that match, he had, uh, I think it was a no DQ match with Omega in New Japan. That Mm -hmm. made me really feel like, oh, no, this is hardcore at its finest. This is brute hardcore match. Like, everything I've ever seen Jericho do hardcore has always sold me on Jericho as a wrestler. So those are my two favorite. Raven, he he created hardcore in my eyes. I know it was already out, but Mm -hmm. he made it a lane that was, I feel like it's never going to ever go away. It's always that itch. You got to see something crazy. But I think it's because what Raven, the the look in the in the promo game and what Raven, like his matches, they weren't even as hardcore. It just seems like it was just bad because he was going to do something bad to you. And then it got to the E, then he had to, he's like, I think he won the hardcore title 72 times. <laughs> he's He was, that's why they brought this t- 24-7 title. I don't want you to ever think, that's what the 24 side was for. It's to overshadow Raven in, as him being the most accoladed <laughs> champion in WWE because he won the title 72 times. But he used to come out with a with a shopping cart of just stuff. Sure. Yeah. And he he didn't even have to cut promos. It just it was the slow walk with the with the shopping <laughs> cart. I'm coming to fuck something up. You know, like Raven is the epitome of hardcore to me. Ties, same two questions. First off, what do you want to see? What insane thing do you want to see them like bust each other, uh, bust each other over the head with? And who is your all-time favorite hardcore wrestler to see or deathmatch wrestler to see? So I'm gonna answer this in reverse. I'm gonna say Suzuki. Ooh, man, it's crazy. The man is just insane. Just watch the Suzuki match. He is the stiffest person you will ever see wrestle. And he looks like he wants to kill someone every single time. <laughs> uh, what I want to see in this match, it's so much we've already seen. Like, if you've seen a Mick Foley match when he was up in Japan, or if you've seen him versus Vader, yeah. uh, uh, I want to see a good, clean fight. That's what I want to see. All right. I want to see no, none of that, none of this uh, two by fours to the head or flaming baseball bats. I want a hardcore fisticuffs. No, I would <laughs> like to see them bust each other over the head with some CZW type bulbs all over the place. Yes, I need to see that. Absolutely. All right, here <laughs> too. Um, man. In regards to what I want to see them, I'm not a big blood, blood and guts. Like, I don't care about the forks and the thumbtacks and all of that. So um, I don't like the light bulbs. I know GCW is really big on the light bulb thing now. I'm not into that. Um, Yeah, man, give me a good old-fashioned table. Put a couple people through, like... The, the creative ways you can put people through tables these days, I'm okay with that. Um, and then the, I'm not, you mentioned it, Ty, already. Uh, not the Mick Foley, but the but the Cactus Jack 
the Cactus Jack double, yeah, that that WCW Cactus Jack, uh, overseas Cactus Jack, like, because I actually never thought he was a good wrestler. Like, even when WCW was like, Cactus Jack, I'd be like, again? Why is he wrestling? And then I would go back and look at these matches and realize he was doing some crazy, crazy things that you Mm -hmm. didn't even see on any other match on TNT uh, at the time that it was like Nitro and WCW and those things. So um, in retrospect, I don't think I appreciated it at the time, but in retrospect, uh, Cactus Jack, a.k.a. McFoley, did some, he's probably the guy I'd want to see. When I knew, when it got to WWE time and it was like mankind in a hell in a cell type thing, you knew somebody was going to die. Like you knew, and you knew who yeah. it was. You were like, you knew. <laughs> Mick Foley's about to die. Yeah. yeah you knew, like, you went into this match and you were like, he might not make it out a lot. So I appreciate the work. Uh, again, later in life, I appreciate the work that Mick Foley, uh, Cactus Jack, Mankind did. Okay. He was definitely an artist. Cheats forever a face. He's gonna go with the gentle table. So I can- yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't because again, those are again those Abdullah the Butcher matches, like mm-hmm. with the fork and the and the razor blade, mm-hmm. and even in the promo when they did the Nick Cage John Moxley promo, and they had like the thin razor blades that were cutting each other's faces. That, I, I just, I'd be like, stop the fight, ref. Like. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm not into. I'm not into that level of. You know, you. I'm not into signing release forms to sit in the front row because you might get hepatitis and all kinds of stuff. When the, like, I'm not into. I know. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, it's all about the cutlery for me. So right. I love that he always brings like a random kitchen utensil, like it's a pizza slicer or fork. It's like he was eating, and then he's like, "I have a match. Let me just." Have a match. Um, which I can support. And I'm going to go new blood because I've been very impressed with one woman in AEW since her debut being willing to bleed for the product. And that's going to be DMD. Don't nobody look good with a bloody face like Britt Baker looks good with a bloody face like that. As soon as I saw that in the Thunder Rosa match and she like picks her head up and it's like dripping off. I was like, oh, this is going to be an iconic poster for this era of AEW, like forever now. So um, that's that's going to be mine. I'm going to let the ladies come in and finish this off. So I think that's going to be it for this week. Cheats, do you have anything else? Am I missing anything? No, I'm excited, man. I got uh, another big week. We're going to see what happens, but I'm uh, I'm excited. Absolutely. And Thuggin' Doe, thank you for being our friend and coming and chatting with us this week. It was absolutely pleasure. You're officially our third friend. <laughs> thank you. I, I appreciate that. And you guys, friend number three. You guys I'll, I'll come anytime. Only thing I want to do is plug in. I have a a, a, a podcast as well called uh, Bumps and Banner. Uh, we got some stuff coming up really soon that we're trying to do. So I just want you guys to look like Look ahead, it's coming really soon. Like when do you, when do you need Savannah us? Banner podcast. We're all we're 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 all gonna come on. When do you need us? You let us know. I, I want it to be a big pay per view, maybe like Rumble. <laughs> Let's do it. I want a big pay per view. No, Survivor it. Series is in November. We could probably Club set up Series something for coming. Survivor Series. 
Yes, after the Saudi show, it's Survival Series. It's about six weeks. About six weeks. Is that is that before? If it's before Thanksgiving, I'm a hundred percent with it. It's around that time. It's around the Thanksgiving time. Okay. Survival still Series might make is that always work. it's always around Thanksgiving. Right? Yeah, Thanksgiving. yeah, it is. It is I, it, most times it's either like right before or right after. Well, so we might well, get it right before. Being that this is this is our first wrestling show on the uh, Cheats Movement Podcast Network, gotta plug it. Uh, we would we would love to talk to any show that is up and running about being look look coming over to this side of the promotion, if you will. We would love it. Absolutely, most definitely. And plugging though, we always want to make sure that we leave the episode putting our friend over. So where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on most streaming platforms all streaming platforms really uh i have links in all my bios uh right now what i'm most active on is probably instagram uh probably uh facebook as well you can find me at fucking doe on instagram uh you can find bumps and banner podcast on instagram as well uh my music is on apple music spotify title uh soundcloud audio mac and things of that nature. I have an album. Uh, it's called Ratchet as Fuck. It's out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool album. And I also have uh, Bumps and Banner has a, we're going to do like a group outing really soon. And we're going to do like a, a live video for it. And I definitely wanted to plug those two things in. Absolutely. And if you uh, shoot that to us, we'll definitely make sure that it's in like the comments or on the um thing for the this wherever this well it's this gonna will, be network but i think right now it'll it'll, it'll land somewhere uh because <laughs> i i think i just realized that we only recorded like a minute like the last minute of this episode so yeah. maybe we can save it off facebook we'll find out what happens um <laughs> no it how are you how are you doing it it's on it's on zoom and then it's on it's streaming on facebook is it from your computer yeah 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 Yes, you can save it from the computer. Yes, from I the thought phone, so. I thought so, but I think I might have not hit record. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You guys are showing too much behind the yeah, curtain. Too much behind the curtain. Let the pyro go. We're gonna get <laughs> it out. One, two, three, and ladies and gentlemen, we are out.